0: commissioners meeting this is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station QAC TV 7 these media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public sessions to comply with the governor's proclamation declaring a state of emergency in Maryland to minimize the person to person spread of COVID-19 we suggest that citizens stay home and watch the commissioners meeting live on our QAC website at www.qac.org/live or on QAC-TV's television channel, Atlantic Broadband Channel 7. To maintain social distancing, seating will be limited to accommodate social distancing CDC guidelines. We are screening all meeting participants prior to entering the building. If you have any respiratory symptoms such as fever, cough, and or shortness of breath, please refrain from attending the meeting and notify a health care provider. We acknowledge your participation by attending, and you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. The scheduled agenda is available on the information table just outside of our meeting room. Press and public comments will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, you must sign the sheet on the information table outside. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. During the meeting, we would ask that you turn all electronic devices off and hold personal conversations outside of our meeting room. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran.
1: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We can stand for a moment of silence for our Constitution. Thank you.
0: Okay, we just had a closed session under section 3-305B1 of the general provision article to discuss boards and commissions and personnel and under section 3-305B7 of the article to consult with council. And I believe we did reach some consensus on a few um, boards and commissions, uh, the first of which was the Broadband Advisory Council,
2: Make a motion to appoint Edward Clower to the Broadband Industry position on the Broadband Advisory Council.
1: Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed?
0: So moved. Thank you, Commissioners. And the second one was the Electrical Examiners and
2: Supervisors. Make a motion to reappoint Harry Langway and Marty Running to the Electrical Supervisors Board. Second. Second.
1: We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this appointment? Seeing none, all those in favor, signify by saying "aye." Aye. aye. Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners.
0: And lastly, we had the Planning Commission.
3: Let uh, me to make that. I'll make the motion. Uh, I move to appoint uh, Kathy Diotis and Arthur Ebisberger to a four-year term on the Planning Commission to begin immediately at the end to begin immediately and end December thirty-first, twenty twenty-four.
1: Second. We have a motion and a second on these appointments. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved.
0: Thank you, commissioners. We also talked about filling four
1: part-time positions
0: at our Blue Heron golf course uh, for golf cart attendance. We have several folks that are going back to school this fall, and we're going to need those contractual workers to maintain the operations at the golf course. Could I get a motion on that, please?
3: Um, uh, make a motion that we approve the four part-time positions um, for the golf course. And then also considering, I guess it doesn't have to be part of the motion, staying open.
1: No, okay. no, We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing
4: none, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you very much. But I think in the discussion, let's point out that trying to get extended hours there. Correct. In response to some yeah. public I'll go- just do that around. The yeah. Gotcha.
2: Okay. Well, to the real hours, really.
0: okay commissioners thank you that brings us to the approval of today's agenda today's meeting july 28th 2020 um we'd like to approve the agenda and the regular and closed session minutes from your july 14th meeting they were all distributed electronically for your review are there any additions or corrections
2: um i just want to i guess i'm going to ask this before i make the motion because it's something that i've wondered about do we technically have to uh when we have desk items amend the agenda to include those desk items I would say yes. So so I, I would like to make the motion uh, to approve with the amendments of adding uh, action items 7 and 8 to the agenda. Okay.
1: Right. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye.
0: Aye. aye. Thank you. All right. Thank you, commissioners. That brings us to our first press and public comment section, and I haven't read this for a while, so... Thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners during this public comment period. Comments are limited to three minutes in length. Comments longer than three minutes should be submitted in writing. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone. State your name, address, and topic of interest. Keeping with the dignity of the office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. The commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. We ask as a courtesy to the board and our citizens that you respect... The commissioner's request from, and refrain from naming citizens and name-calling when offering any
1: critique. Very good. Okay, we have one uh, person who signed up to speak. Uh, Mary Jordan. Hi, Jordan. How are you doing?
5: Um, do you mind if I read from my phone? I didn't. Sure. Go right Absolutely. To the, yeah, uh, the fine, microphone.
1: Yeah. You can go
4: right up to the mic. Just wanted to yep. check. Actually, nice to have people in person yeah. again.
1: And you can actually take your mask off to, to speak so that we. What a treat. There you go.
4: <laughs> <laughs> You're our first
2: public speaker. Yes. Welcome
5: back. Um, Hello, Commissioners. My name is Mary Ella Jordak. I am a lifelong resident of Chester, Maryland. I'm here today to discuss racism in Queen Anne's County. Um, I went through all of the Kent Island public high schools. Uh, I have been witness to many different forms of racism, both in and outside of school. And because of that, I joined the Sunday Supper Committee. Uh, The goal of the Sunday Supper Committee committee is to uh, host events that allow neighbors to break bread with each other while having facilitated conversations. Over the years that I've been a part of the group, I've seen an incredible amount of sweat equity and love and dedication from all members of the community coming together to learn from each other. We always make sure to send invitations to each and every one of uh, you commissioners, um, and we've been lucky enough to have you attend some of our meetings. We've also had representatives in the sheriff's department and other uh, local entities. Uh, we began a petition in early July in response to a coordinated campaign of misinformation directed at our school Superintendent Dr. Andrea Kane, as well as other black community members um, uh, after the affirmation in an email that black lives do matter uh, and to host a voluntary discussion, much like the ones that the Sunday Supper committee holds. A group named the Ken Island Patriots are the ones leading this attack as just a few as just a few minutes ago, there are about two thousand four hundred and twenty six signatures asking for the county commissioners. Um, to renounce racism in the county, or to address the fact that there is racism in the county, to support Dr. Kane and the Board of Education's efforts in addressing racism, and yeah. And so we would like to ask you guys to reflect on the petition that has been emailed to you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Okay, would anybody else like to speak? I'm, I'm here. Okay, center. all right,
6: very, okay. very good. That's fine.
1: No? Okay, then we'll close press and public comment. Thank you. Thank you. All
0: right, Commissioners, if you want to turn to tab number three for our new business this evening. We have um, eight items for your consideration tonight. Uh, A lot of these are from um, Michael Clark, so he is here this evening, our Chief of Housing and Community Family Services. First one, first item, uh, item one on page one is a CDBG emergency rental assistance and quarantine sheltering grant agreements. Uh, The first one is for emergency rental assistance uh, valued at $80,000 to provide uh, rental assistance to Queen Anne's County households. And the second one is a for quarantine sheltering, a $10,000 value to pay for necessary sheltering at hotels for low and moderate income uh, citizens. So can I get a motion there?
6: I move to approve and sign the CV 1-8 emergency rental assistance and quarantine sheltering grant agreement and program forms.
1: Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. That was easy, Mike.
0: <laughs> okay, commissioners, uh, item two on page 36 and it's a pretty thick portion of the book but it's a series of resolutions to place property liens for nuisance violations vegetation higher than 12 inches so we have a host of those I'm,
3: I move to approve resolution 2017 through 2023 to place a lien on each of the properties listed in the county zoning administrator's memorandum dated July 28 2020 for nuisance violations and there are Second. numerous... We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? Hey, Todd, do we know?
2: Are, these, are a lot of these are these vacant homes? I mean, with COVID, people were home a lot. I would expect that they got their grass cut. But, I mean, are these? Some of these are repeats. Like, there's
3: well, one property's been in front of us before.
2: Yeah. I mean, but but I mean, is there a way to know whether these are vacant homes? I mean, I'm looking at some of them. They obviously look like they are. But
0: Yeah, I, I don't have that information here. We can we can certainly uh, try to track that down
2: on future. Let me
0: ask you, so violations. let
3: me ask you this: even if they're not vacant, I, I well, guess, that's my
2: point. If they're not vacant, people have been on stay-at-home orders for three months. You can at least cut the grass. I mean, well, they're built
1: for it, so one way or the other, they're going to. Get but I'm not. Doesn't I don't really know. matter,
2: right? They're, 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 they're going You could have plucked it, it with a tweezer as long as we've been out with COVID. So, mm-hmm. that
1: okay.
3: Ooh, there's a Corvette.
1: Uh, so, there's a Corvette. Don't okay. oh, trust Okay, so we're talking about approving Resolution 20-17 through 20-23 to place a lien on each of the properties listed in the County Zoning Administrator's Memorandum dated July 28, 2020 for nuisance violations. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved.
0: All right, thank you, Commissioners. Item three is a memorandum and a letter uh, from Maryland Environmental Service to the town of Suttlersville. Uh, The town, uh, we all know, has fallen behind with their monthly payments for their uh, contracted services for operation and maintenance of their water and wastewater facilities. Uh, MES, Maryland Environmental Service, has issued a 60-day termination notice for continuing their services until those outstanding bills are paid. Uh, The town is in a bit of uh, financial straits where they don't have the ability to pay off this debt entirely at this time and would like uh, some assistance to evaluate their their path forward from a utility standpoint, and um, they've asked us to um, to look at their look at their books and provide some recommendations. And we've we've had a meeting uh, recently with uh, representatives of the town, and um, so I'll leave it at that.
3: Well, you need a motion first, right?
6: Mm. I, I think that ought to be amended to be financial slash legal review, so that we wind up covering everything that needs let Chris. Make the Chris, motion. Chris, frame it up. Make the motion.
2: I move to assist the Town of Southern's World with a financial-slash-legal review and the development of a plan to return their public utility system to solvency.
1: Excellent.
2: There you go.
3: Second.
1: Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved.
0: All right. Thank you, commissioners. All right. We have a series of budget amendments. Uh, Item 4 on page 110. As budget amendment CC2 CDBG housing study and this amendment recognizes remaining the amount uh, for sure. the housing study that was meant to be used this past fiscal year um, our pandemic situation prolonged that process so we want to just move this to the uh, fiscal 21 and Mike's here if you have any questions I move
4: this. to approve budget
1: amendment CC2 second. second we have a motion and a second any discussion Seeing none, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed?
0: So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item 5 on page 111 is budget amendment CC3, homeless solutions. And this is an amendment that recognizes homeless solutions program funding through the CARES Act. No additional county money. And
1: this is also from Mr. Clark. Motion to approve budget amendment CC3. Second. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved.
0: All right, thank you, commissioners. Item number six on page one hundred twelve, budget amendment CC four, moderately priced housing. And this amendment recognizes revenue, the final installment for the NPDU fee in lieu of agreement for the Gibson's Grant community, as well as increasing the number of loans that are made available to first
1: time home buyers. Motion to approve budget amendment CC4. Second. Motion is second. Any discussion on this item? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Uh, aye. 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 Opposed? So moved.
0: All right. Thank you, Commissioner. So General, Mike's before here we- before he leaves. I just want to recognize Mike publicly because he's done an outstanding job. We have a lot of grants, a lot of amendments, and CARES is uh, act grants, and Mike's done a good job administering those. Actually, I want to bring him up, because i yes. got a question sure. for you. Okay. I, okay. I, I actually have a
2: question about this, the uh, rental assistance program yeah. and I've been I reading about. about right. I know like the, there's a federal level of it. I've seen where there's a state level of it, and I've also seen where we're going to have it here at the county now. Just for everybody out there, obviously right now evictions are off the table until the state of emergency is gone. So, what, will this rental assistance kick in post state of emergency or are they going to like supplement now? I'm just curious because so, when people ask, I want to know right. what the ins and outs of it are.
7: Well, uh, the first thing I'll say is that when people ask, is um, every situation is different. Everybody, because based on their income, et cetera, how much they owe back rent, where, the, you know, so we're happy to take their phone call, talk about their situation, fill it out, because we have multiple types of funding sources that we can try to fit with what their specific needs are. In regards to this money kind of coming from federal, state, local, um, we have, um, when I was preparing and my staff has helped me prepare, I have, like, just notes on, like, five different grants that we're working on to help with homeless assistance. Some of it serves different types of people all the way up to 80% of the median income. So when you hear this federal, state, a lot of that is the feds are paying the state. It's going to the State Department of Housing Community Development. They're awarding it out in grants. One of those grants was the one you approved you know, when you said that was easy, that was one of the that was that was actually federal money that you were proving to accept in Queen Anne's County. That specific grant allowed us to typically, when we help people that are about to be evicted, um, we help them um, mostly up to fifty to fifty percent of median income. This allows us to take that up to the next step of of eighty percent of median income. And as I, I mean, I feel, and I probably you have seen this too, is that when folks um, oftentimes when these types of situations hit it moves up a level in your in your income stream of who gets affected by these things. So we're
2: we're happy to be able to take that up to eighty percent. And then the next question to dovetail right with that. Now it's calling it rental assistance. Is it any is there any mortgage side assistance because I've been asked that question. Well is it strictly rental.
7: Well, we originally had put in the CARES grant for mortgage assistance, but as we did more research, we found that a lot of the private mortgage what companies, companies were kind of adding it onto the back end and providing that. So we kind of let the private market take that because okay. I think they were doing a pretty good job with it, and it seemed like people were happy with that.
3: Okay. Thank
7: you. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you,
3: Mike. Great work, Mike. Yep.
7: All right. Thanks, Mike.
0: Okay, commissioners, um, we have uh, desk item desk item number one, item number seven, and this is a draft letter uh, that we wrote to Governor Hogan asking for his um, support, continued support to allow Maryland jurisdictions to control um restrictions for restaurants and other covid related uh, activities at the local level and um, i reviewed this with dr seatova he is fine with taking that approach going forward so if
2: you have any amendments so the genesis of this was last week um, leading up to the governor's uh, press conference there was a lot of concern amongst the rural counties and, and being on the rural county coalition i got a lot of calls from some of our colleagues in the other counties worried about the fact that the big counties had drafted this combined letter to the governor asking for additional shutdowns and things like that at the state level. So we're trying to preempt that by saying, look, you know, the big counties, they've taken additional steps. If they want to take them, that's fine. But we as a rural counties, want to continue to have our own local autonomy on the steps we take here, working with our health officers for our restaurants and that kind of thing. So this is just most of the rural counties are sending one out to the governor in support of him. Supporting us after the press conference, because that's basically what came out of the press conference, is that he's in favor of leaving that local control in place. So,
3: Okay. I move to sign the letter to the Governor Hogan to no rollback uh, of restrictions. Second.
1: We have a motion and a second. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. So moved.
0: Thank you, Commissioners. Our last item tonight is Desk Item 2, or Action Item Number 8, and this is an amended lease agreement between us and State Highway Administration for the leased area that we have for parking primarily under the Canton Arrows Bridge. This was originally um, um, signed in 1992 when that project started. Uh, what this lease amendment does, it, 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 takes, it takes out two small parcels that are going to be potentially sold to a local developer for a parking area, it doesn't really Im- impact um, our ability to use the facility, use the areas that we've constructed. So um, this is here for your consideration for a 25-year period going forward. I move to execute the lease amendment. Sorry.
1: We have a motion and a second. Any discussion?
6: Just a question. What does the word small mean? I have no idea what these – are these like little teeny blocks under the road or what are they? What word? What, what, what word? The word "small" it says they were too small. There's, there's a yeah. There's well, there's a actually a
0: drawing yeah, on it. Yeah, right? there's a map yeah. in the uh, packet there in your desk, item commissioner. But it's about uh, 0.14 acres total. Yeah, no, I just, there, two just It's a small sliver yeah. of property, right. and um, yeah, we brought this forward because this has to go to the State Board of Public Works, I believe, next month. And we were kind of under a time crunch yep. to get this finished that's in time. Um, SHA has been working with uh, with us and um, and get to get this processed here for the last several months, so it's been a, been a bit of a time okay, so time drag on this one.
1: So we are uh, moving to execute the lease agreement. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved.
0: All right. Thank okay. you, commissioners. That is all of our action items for this evening. We can uh, move into our presentation for this evening. Our feature event, Mr. Pat Thompson can come on up and talk about resolution 2024, refunding by the Maryland Environmental Service of its revenue bonds for the Midshore 2 regional landfill.
8: I don't Patrick. have a presentation, but this is just, uh, they're refunding some bonds. Uh, MES is to take
1: advantage of the current low interest rates. Uh, all, the, all the counties are joining into uh to approve the refunding okay refunding sounds like a good word <laughs> refinance
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, this is something all the counties do all the midshore counties have to do a similar yeah. resolution yeah, they to do this so the, yeah, that they can so proceed with this and it saves us all some some money on the uh, cost of the landfill
2: so do we want a motion on the resolution I motion to approve resolution 20-24 twenty-four. Second.
1: We second. Mo- we have a motion and a second. Any discussion? <coughs> Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. There you go. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Thank you, Mr.
0: Thompson. Appreciate it. All right. Good news, system That's all we had tonight for presentations. So we can go to pressing public comments, part two. Okay. If there's anybody that wants to make any press and public comments. Would you like to speak?
8: Uh, boy, well, first off,
2: Good to come up on the mic and come
0: introduce up to the mic, yeah. There
8: you go. Introduce yourself.
2: Yeah.
8: I'm Keith Griffith. I was just recently uh, voted in as a commissioner of Southernersville. Okay. So first, I want to thank you guys for your willingness to help our town. Uh-huh. But I think we need to do a lot more than just get financial backing. I think we need to figure out what has led us to where we are and what we can do to keep this from happening again. I mean, that's a pretty large debt to have no answers for. And I mean, I think it's going to be a long road ahead of us, but I think we can do it. It's just, you know, we got to do everything properly and peel back all the layers and see what's gone where, balance our finances a little better, you know, and not do such large lump sums to specific parties and try to break it down so we can get a little bit to everyone to make everyone happy until we can start to catch up. And like I said, we got to figure out what has led us to this horrible position and ultimately assume responsibility for where we are and not point fingers every different direction so that we know we don't get here again so i appreciate your guys willingness to work with us i've spoken to MES, and they're willing to work with us as a town since we have new commissioners coming in so at least the first step has begun so thank you guys for everything and for your time and support Thank you. Thank Congratulations, you. Keith. Thank you.
1: So that's it for press and public comment. Uh, Jack,
2: what?
3: <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> I'm signing. Go the other way. Go there. We'll start at four. <laughs> hey,
3: I think. Well, you're start. four. <laughs> <Of> Me? <something>? Yeah. <laughs> well, you looking backwards. at him for. I got nothing. <laughs> like he's got nothing. Okay, Phil. Um, I, just to we, we briefly discussed um, supporting. Um, hiring four part-time folks at our our county golf course and 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 i think it's important you know that that uh the commissioners we decided earlier to extend the hours of our golf course um i can tell you with this heat i know a lot of people like to play early in the morning and then later on in the afternoons to avoid the heat so i want to thank my county commissioners for um, their willingness to extend the hours at the golf course to 7 30. that's it Sir, sir wilson
6: i do have something excellent in fact this is something you all are going to share with me completely which is the helicopter uh-huh. yeah yeah i think we commissioners public have not had more letters and intelligent informed well-written letters and years of uh, concerning the reported or attempted closure of this helicopter operation which on the basis of budget is a very, very bad idea. And there's nothing we could not have done and will not do to continue that service that we have contacted the delegation, we have contacted MedKai, we have contacted Dr. Ciotola withers. You know, you can elaborate on this further, but it's a thing of utmost interest to our emergency service that we have this continued Trooper Six operation moving out of Easton because we're at the close, it would transfer the operation to either Salisbury or Martin State. And Martin State is very busy now, and it's no use calling for a helicopter that's on another mission. We don't want to be in a competitive game with that helicopter. Salisbury is a long flight. From what I understand, the state is considering closing one of two bases, one's here. One is in Western Maryland. The one is that's in Western Maryland has two representatives that sit on the committee that judges this. So we are going to move as aggressively as we conceivably can to guarantee this helicopter. And I know you got to share this full scale with me. So that's it.
2: Thank
1: you. How about now? I'm
2: good. You're good? Well, uh, I- I- just real. But I, I, I will say, on Stevie's to the, to yeah, the point of his emails, those emails, a lot of them I noticed were first-hand accounts of people that actually had used the yeah, service. Sure. And in, and and you're you're not exaggerating with in the time it was announced last week. I bet we've seen over hundred emails. And like I said, probably 95 percent of them were people started out saying, "I use this service, uh, Trooper 6. So, I mean, that's real life uh, showing you how uh, how important it is. My, my wife. Actually got flown out by Trooper Six uh, about 15 years ago. So again, I'm a first-hand believer in having that service here. And um, honestly, it's sad to see when it moved, you know, out of Centerville. I mean, I think you know, 5301 Quarter is is a dangerous corridor to start with. It's more dangerous now with the added tractor trailers on the 301 corridor. I can't imagine what it'd be like. Um, just a few months, well, six probably. Now we had that really horrible accident at 405 that required three medevac helicopters. Um, and, you know, two from over here came, one from Martin State to evac them out. I mean, what if we didn't have that one here? And they were kids. So we're talking about people dying now, um, and I just think life safety should be at the state level as important as it is to us here at the local level. So.
3: And, and, it, and it's not just to affect the citizens that live on the midshore. Remember, we've got literally thousands of people every single weekend that travel to the Delaware Shore beaches and the Maryland beaches, and and so you've got folks from the Western Shore and, and, and other states that are coming to visit, and they pass through this county. So, I mean, it's not just the midshore that it's going to suffer. It's also going to be everybody that comes through this the well, midshore.
6: Let me add to that that years ago the helicopter was only for trauma and that it was used for accidents, but it's now our go-to in stroke and heart attack. And so when something is super urgent, and given the Bay Bridge traffic and the messes we have with traffic in this county, the idea that the state would consider closing this is
1: objectionable to the extreme. It's reckless. Absolutely. Well, as as someone that can walk to the helicopter at the hospital there at Nesbitt, you know, uh, yesterday when I was taking the grandchildren home, Trooper 6 landed pick somebody up yeah. so i'm sure they're very thankful that it was still flying there so you're absolutely right on that uh i want to talk about uh 19 and i want to talk about us as commissioners putting some sort of policy out there for what's going on with our businesses uh i, I think there's a lot of mixed messages i think that uh you know we we have the the what I see as an issue is, and I'm going to just use the Narrows because that, that gets the most attention uh, here in Queen Anne's County, with you know somebody testing positive, and a business shutting down from for three to four days, fogging the entire business. And as far as I know, restaurants are the only place that does that. And you know you could have somebody in a, in a grocery store test positive, and they tell them to go home. I mean, I, I think that. You know, us, and I don't want to say us as commissioners, and I just want to make sure of this, and I don't know if it's going to require a vote or not, that we do not mandate that any business shut down that has one person. I, I'm not talking about three or four or five. I'm talking about just one person, you know, be that a server, be that a, a uh, you know, a cook or a hostess, whatever the case may be, that business should not have to shut down. That You know, I mean, if everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing, self-checking, uh, you know, uh, going through getting the um, the test, and they're testing positive or they're, they're testing negative, and then one test positive. I don't think that that's fair. I, I use this analogy. My wife, as you all know, is an ICU nurse. She has no COVID patients right now, but her boss tested positive. They didn't shut the whole wing down and fog the whole wing. They just kept rolling on since stay home. So I just think that you know, you know, I think we need to send that message to. To help our businesses, and you know they 're doing everything they humanly can i, I mean I, I, I totally get the rules with keeping the mask on the social distancing don 't take the mask off till you sit down and as long as we 're doing these things, uh, you know I think that this this issue of uh, a cook or, or one other person shutting the whole business down, it can get expensive and it 's detrimental to our, our businesses, so I think that 's something we need to look at and, and i don 't know. How to go about that? I know that I, uh, you know, I questioned some of the businesses that got shut down, and they they told me they were they were told and forced to shut down, and I just think that that's
4: something we we might want to take a look at. So that's all I got. And Joe, it's not just you know the businesses; these the employees then who are. Wage workers, and then they're right. out of work for a couple of days. They're just getting back to work, mm-hmm. and it's it's a huge burden on them as well. Some of these are, are single parents, and right. maybe work in several jobs, and that's a huge problem. If the businesses are being upfront with their customers about, we had somebody tested positive, and here's what we're doing to address it, then the consumers can make a choice as to whether or not to go to that business. And I, I well. think that's where the
1: and I, I you know being in the construction industry, and Jack, you see this, you know, you, there's a sign right there when you come into to these sites, accident free for X amount of days. So if that's the case, then maybe they should post on their door. We've had one COVID free. Yeah, we've been COVID free for three weeks. I mean, you know, I you know, and I hate to plug any one business, but there's a couple of businesses in the Kenton Arrows that have never had anybody test positive. I mean, they're doing it right. I just, you know, I, 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 this is the difficult times for all of us, and none of us here has even touched on our our school system and how they've you know basically gone to uh, the virtual teaching, which we all thought maybe hopefully the you know the elementary school would an a b and and help out our parents and but that just wasn't meant to be and uh you know i just i don't know
2: i, I COVID 19 is is getting uh causing a lot of issues well now we're going Nationally. down that rabbit hole we might as well just go ahead and get it all out yeah. here so uh, I, I jim i couldn't agree more um the, the restaurants uh, the, the statistics and they had them this today again on the news which for the mainstream media to report this statistic blew me away but patrons are not getting sick in restaurants. It's typically people who have done things outside in their own personal life, they come and they test positive, but the patrons visiting the restaurants and dining in are not going out. The contact tracing is proving that. What everybody wanted was a contact tracing. They're doing that. And they're reaching out to, to patrons that were there. They've got credit card receipts. They got all that. And they're doing it. Well, those people aren't testing positive. They're not getting the numbers back. So it's just showing that it's not a rampant problem that when you walk into the restaurant, if someone tested positive four days ago, that all of a sudden you have an outbreak. I, th- I agree with you. I think there's got to be some substantial statistics to back that up before we should close anybody down. Yeah, I, I think, agree 100%. I think closing
3: the restaurant for, for one person testing positive, I think, is more of a knee-jerk reaction. And, and I think you just, it does. It shuts down an entire operation, which could mean in revenue, uh, it could mean thousands and thousands of dollars a day. You know, well, not to mention what they're
2: paying system. to get it cleaned. It, 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 I'm hearing 2500 I mean, to $6,000 to have sustainable, it
3: fogged. It's
4: not so. a sustainable model. We're, we're nowhere near the end of this, right? COVID could be around. It could be around for a few years, right? We don't know. Everybody's hoping for a vaccine soon. And if you have a business that has to close down five or six times in a year because of that, it's so some, they're out of At business. some point, they'll never be
3: able to reopen can't those do doors. Right.
4: They can't or they'll it. choose not to. So that's all. I just think that we need to be aware of that. and We
1: need to convey that message uh, you know, to to our health department and, and, and just just have a discussion. That's all. Just mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that Dr. Ciotol has done an outstanding job. I think that uh, his leadership and, and we have a control. What was our positivity rate today? Two point one. two six seven. Drop back down to something. Yeah. I
6: I I would like to add the caveat that walking in this kind of field where you say one person. Right. But suppose health walks in and finds six people or eleven. That's different. That's different. But are you saying is there a cap on one? I mean, it really does need to be in discussion. Sure. Yeah.
1: And that's why that's why I brought it up. I I just you know, I'm not saying that we don't have all the answers. I mean if we did then we would all well, be happy. And-
2: well, even the, the processing plants other- is an example. They didn't shut them down. They had, in some of the processing plants, before they sent in the, the SEAL Team 6 to right. get them gone, they, they could have upwards of 25 cases before they would even consider an outbreak. So, yeah. I mean, there's a precedent but, already there for numbers, so.
6: recognize the point, but the other element of this is some of the restaurants are more bars than restaurants, and Correct. bars have a very different profile for health-wise
1: than restaurants. But yet we still have had none that have come back through contract tra- tracing to say that they caught it at a bar or at a restaurant. I mean, we've, we've had none of that. So, I mean, all the ones that we've had that were tested positive in, in the Arrows have traced it back to either going to Ocean City, we're at a party, we're at a a you know a church in, where cute. there was a group of them there. I mean, it's – so I, I, it's all. I just I, – I, I'm trying to make it – You know, everybody's trying to survive through this. And, yeah. and if we can do that portion – to help our businesses i mean you know like i mean i'm not a big drinker i'm saying it but i mean the the big al i mean that's that's been closed now for almost a month and i don't think they're going to open for another month just because they don't want to deal with this yeah Uh, and you know that's that's a shame because there's people that work there that aren't getting any income so you know and you know i don't know so we're all getting calls and conversations too from like i said you know the board of education and that's you know, um, we've had this,
2: Chris and I have had can this Can I finish up on the, one more point on the bars and then we can go to the Board of Ed? Sure. Got some stuff for that. But uh, again, but I also want to encourage our business owners, too, and, and I know they, to the best of their ability, they try to maintain what we're setting out as the guidelines and that kind Absolutely. of thing. And I understand, you know, you can only go so far. People, you have people that are going to be stupid and do stupid things. It happens every day in every world. So, uh, but I give credit to our uh, restaurant owners and all that. The bars specifically. You go into the bars, now. It's not the typical bars. You don't have bar stools on top of each other. Every, every one I've been to that I've seen, they have the six-foot distancing between groups and that kind of thing. So they're doing the right thing, but you're going to have people that are going to buck the system. They're not going to want to participate in in the social distancing and, and the masks and that kind of thing. Well, I, I, you know, I, I think we support the businesses, and if they want to enforce that, then we should support them when they enforce that as well because I've heard instances where people from out of county have uh, oh, yeah. approached servers. They've approached bouncers and said... Some expletives about the mass and all that and I I think at that point we should be backing up our businesses with the help to say uh, yeah, you can do that but you're not doing it here Um, so take yourself and leave and we're not going to serve you and I think we should back them up on that because they shouldn't be left alone to have to fight that battle with everything else they're doing well we see that problem
1: now is there's a huge influx like there was at the beaches there's a huge influx from Western Shore you know, counties that are coming here to, to, for the restaurants yeah. and, and, and for, you know, the opportunity to do that. So, you know, that's 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 a curse. But, again, I think they're doing a great job. But uh, getting back to the – let, let me just
4: add one thing on the restaurants because sure. I forgot to mention this earlier. I mean, Jack and I participated in a call this week with – or last week with Dr. Seachold and some other people from the county to get together some enhanced – best practices for these businesses of things that they can do so that if they do have an employee who tests positive, it's easier to sort of isolate those who they were working with so that the business can continue on, but we're still monitoring the safety. And so they're looking at what some businesses are doing successfully uh, with more rigorous cleaning procedures or having employees work in cohort shifts. So it's the same employees working together so that if someone in shift A is test positive, you know you could bring shift B in because they weren't working with them or exposed to them. Mm-hmm. So we, we it, this is not just an economics issue that we're bringing up. We are looking at the safety aspect for the people. I don't want people to get the wrong right. impression. Um, but we think that there's a way to do both, you know, to make sure that these businesses can survive and monitor safety. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sorry about that. That's great. I add that in. <laughs> to the schools.
1: Well, I'm just saying, you know, we, we had a conversation of the private schools you know, the, the archdiocese, uh, in, in Baltimore and in Washington, I believe, are, are everybody's going back to class and that's because they are paid. So students pay, parents pay. So they're all going back full force. So it's going to be an interesting, uh, little, uh, lab study here to see what happens in these private schools with COVID-19, uh, you know, and, and there is, I will tell you that it's been an explosion in enrollment also in these mm-hmm. same situations. So I, I'm wondering what's going to happen to our enrollment here. You know, uh, we have our September count. I don't know how, you know, this is going to be interesting how this all, because as everybody knows, you know, the funding goes by the number of pupils, the, you know, the students that, that are in the system. So this all, it's, it's going to be uncharted territory we're going to be dealing with this, um, this coming fall. When it comes to our student population and, and, and how they're being educated and how many are being educated. so
4: And I, I hear other parents are actually, maybe they don't have the resources for a private school, but they're pulling together and creating these homeschool groups and they're mm-hmm. taking their kids out of enrollment for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so not everybody's gonna have those resources and you're gonna have some real lags in education for, for some people. And that dynamic is gonna play
2: out uh, <coughs> going forward and, and even more. Uh, I guess you're going to see more of an impact not now but next year, because your school funding is typically based on your full-time enrollment the previous year for your next budget year. Um, if that enrollment's down 300 students, just say, uh, which it could be. I mean, that's probably not a, a way off base. Um, that's $15,000 per student. You know, that's 4.5 million operational that comes out. And you know, I've had parents call me up and say, why, don't the, why doesn't the county just give us the money and let us go get our students educated how we want? And, yep. you know, it's a great question. It's I taxpayer dollars. Saying, yeah, Look, I, I, yeah. I mean, I get it. But what people don't understand is those dollars are coming mandated from the state level. And one of my biggest fears, and we've seen it happen in our neighboring county here in Kent County, is the full-time enrollment decreased. But unfortunately, the commissioners were still held to the same maintenance of effort number, which made it look like they were spending a lot more per student. But the, real, the reality of it was they were spending the same amount of money for less students, so it just looked like more per student. Well, then they wound up closing schools and everything else, shifting people around and, and doing busing. And that's the, that's the reality that goes when you don't have the students and you're still paying the money. You know, the rubber's got to meet the road somewhere, and this this could be the time, I guess COVID's going to be the real test of the public education system in terms of how it's funded and how you educate kids, because let's face it, I, I agree with Jim, we're, we're getting ready to go into something that's a much bigger experiment than even some of the research on the COVID cure right now, is how, what's it going to look like a year from now with the schools, because I'm in agreement with myself and Commissioner Cork-Reno have had conversations. I really don't think they're going to come back this year at all. I, I just...
4: No, wow, well, I'm just saying until there's think, a vaccine, I, I just really don't should, think it's going to happen. Think, I think parents I mean. need to take that as, as a real possibility right. that th- this might not just be the fall. It could be distance learning for the whole year because I don't know what's going to be different January 1 than September 1. Than right now. <laughs> and right. if the issue is, if the overriding issue is that, that's driving this is safety for teachers and for students, I don't know that that safety level is going to be any different come January than now. And I think... That if parents are needing to plan of how they are going to make sure that they can get to work and their kids can be instructed, I always say assume that COVID is going to be here for a year because if we get a vaccine and everything's back to normal, January one, you're fine. But if you don't plan for that, you could get sidelined. On so what are the chances? So what are the chances, Jim, if, if if
3: all the Catholic schools are going back, the private schools are going back, um, and, and taking a look at the end of the first quarter as to their situation and the students and, and the teachers and are they testing positive and has it proved that going back has had no effect whatsoever on the number of kids that or teachers or administrators that have tested positive that that the public school system in Maryland couldn't use that as a as a model they look, the public the, the, the Catholic schools right. it just did a whole entire you know co- first quarter of, of their fall semester and well, and everybody's healthy, and nothing I, happened.
1: I don't even know if they're if they're bringing they're allowing sports. I I, I didn't even look that far. It's I know fall and spring right now. is what you're talking about. They, the, they, the, they would be private like,
2: schools. Oh, I don't know about yeah, private to me, but but because they play into the to some extent, they play into the public school uh, sports programs, don't they? With scrimmages and all that, so maybe they just have to eliminate not much, that. Not much. Not, not much. The not, the I, mean, of the I mean, I remember when happened, we went now, to high school. So
1: it's that's going to be. But you have 22
2: countries in Europe that have brought the kids back to school, right. um, Italy being one of them, which was surprising because they were probably one of the hardest-hit countries in the world, right. and they brought it back and to no considerable uptick in cases. So, again, th- th- it's going on everywhere to kind of get the optics, and I agree with you, Phil. Look around, see what else everybody else is doing, learn from what they're doing, and if you can make it work, make it work. Don't continue to just kick the can down the road and say, I will get
3: to this later. And, I mean. and they did clarify that, that, that it's going to be virtual for the first semester.
4: And then, yes. again, we'll be about reevaluated at the end of that. That's it. But if you're going by the same considerations, you know, oh, I, is I, it going to be any different come January? Yeah. I, I just I don't I see what a
2: positivity rate is at realistic. an all-time low. Where's it going to go?
1: You know? <laughs> you know, and the last thing I want to touch on, since we're going through all of them. Doom and gloom here? Well, not so much doom and gloom, but civility. I mean, I just think that uh, I don't know what's going on in this country, what's in the water, but... Uh, I don't know about you guys, but it makes it very difficult to watch the news every night.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, the, I it. it doesn't matter which side you're on, the left, the right, doesn't matter. It's just they're so far apart, they're so far apart, and there's so much at each other's throats that what is the message that we're sending to the kids that are sitting at home watching it us scream at the TV? I just, I, 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 I can't get my mind wrapped around this after serving my country in the military and everything else, and what goes on now and. You know, who defines what is desecrating a flag? You know, you should let them burn a courthouse. You know, you shouldn't use tear gas on them. Things are just, I I don't care what side you're on. It's just we've lost the art of being able to compromise as, as a nation. And we're so entrenched in right and wrong and people that think they're right and people that think you're wrong. That uh, it it, it I, I don't see how we come back from this. I really don't. I just see in, in the last three years, and you know, and, and again, I don't want to make this whose side, what side, but I, I I put a lot into how long someone's been in a certain position in Washington D.C. and who's the new guy, and I can't believe you can blame everything on the new guy. So I, I just I hope that no matter what side you're on in Queen Anne's County, I just hope that you're you're civil about this and and. Uh, you know, it is what it is. We're a hundred days away from an election. You can't get here soon enough. So maybe on the other side, you know, the fires will be put out. Maybe miraculously, COVID will go away November seventh. You know, who knows? But you know, I just, you know, I just hope that people don't. Because yeah, I mean, I see it driving. I see the, you know, the road rage. You see it all, man. I mean, people are just on edge. I mean, they're just starting to lose their minds over being locked in their homes and having to listen to the news that's on every night. And I just. You know, breathe.
4: breathe, breathe, and enjoy the heat. I think part of that is the civility is to take the time to talk with your neighbor. Don't talk at each other. Correct. Talk, talk with each other. Everybody has a lot more in common than they really have as differences, and we can appreciate the differences when we're focusing on what we have in common. And I think everybody needs to get back to, you know, just talk to your neighbors, talk to other people in the community, talk to people you don't normally see in the community and you'll find you have a lot more in common with them. This is a fantastic county. The people here are oh, very it is. friendly.
1: It is. So we're I, only a throw people. away from the rest of the country. Yeah,
4: but I would just encourage everybody, you know, don't get <laughs> discouraged and, and keep talking with your neighbors. Well, you, yeah. Honestly,
2: though, you know, I think I touched on it a couple of weeks ago about the we, we live in a right-now world in terms of social media and all that other stuff, and I think one of the problems we have, and, and Chris, you hit the, the, the operative word is talk. Um, it, you know, 20 years ago we started emailing and then we texted. How many times do you actually go out and talk face to face? And COVID makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. Do you talk face to face with somebody? So you can be a keyboard bully and you can be saying all that stuff, but would you say that to that person if you were face to face with them? I mean, is, is that a, would you say that? Right. And you got to think before you type it in that keyboard, if I was standing there looking at them in their eyes, would I say that same, you know, vitriol thing to them? Would I do it? And before and if you say in your mind no i probably wouldn't then don't type it you know walk away from it and and, and i agree we need to just talk we need to get face to face we need to talk put masks on do whatever and talk about the things that matter and like chris said the things that we have in common because once you get past that the the other stuff will fall in place so yep
6: still i think queen anne's county has been an absolute island of civility we went through the yeah. protest period, the police have been flawless. We have, we have been a wonderful place to live, and I'm thinking it's going to I stay.
3: agree 100%, and I don't think we're that stone's throw away, yeah. um, all respect given, but I don't think we're that, that one day away, that one stone's throw away. Well, from I'm not, I'm not referring but.
1: to our island. I'm referring to when you have to travel outside our, our island. That's what I mean. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of outside pressure. And I was talking to a realtor today, and how Queen Anne's County is becoming a very hot market because people want to leave the cities; they want to get away. Yeah, you know, they want to get here. So, I mean, that's that's all. I just, you know, and we I, just look, we just don't need that starting our point. own little Xanadu here I, in Queen
2: Anne's County. I, don't
3: know, create something that's not here. This city
6: thing is, is, is going to change America because there's no way that the vaccines are going to get distributed this winter, or it's going to be a full year cycle before anything could happen if it does. I think. There's some pretty good chance, but even the vaccines are thought to be maybe a standard would be 50% effective. But if you have a vaccine with 50% coverage and you're 70 years old, you want to go out with that kind of a number hanging on you. So I think the whole dynamic of city and rural life is going to very likely to change, and this county is going to be even more popular.
3: So
2: yeah, no disagreement there.
3: Make a motion that we adjourn.
2: Second.